Hey everyone, Pastor John here, and this is a review podcast where we revisit some of the older sermon clips and podcast episodes just as a way of review and finding new relevance for them uh, in today's life. And I hope you'll find this helpful. So what is baptism? Baptism is, of course, a sacrament like the Lord's Supper, meaning it's instituted by the Lord himself, and therefore it's a biblical uh, ceremony, and it signifies something very important and valuable for us. Uh, But first, it's important we realize what it doesn't signify as well. Uh, When we look at the scriptures, we see that baptism does not signify that uh, someone is saved by virtue of being baptized, meaning Baptism is not what saves us. It is a biblical ceremony. Christ instituted it, and it has its holy purposes, but no one is saved or guaranteed salvation by being baptized. That's not what it means. Uh, Baptism doesn't mean uh, that you are guaranteed salvation. So baptism itself does not signify that the person being baptized is saved for sure without a shadow of doubt. So what does it signify? Baptism signifies the promise of God, the covenant of God, to graciously save all those who put their faith in Him. And the fact that He will do this for all His people, all those who put their faith in Him. And that much is a promise you can bank on. That promise is a guarantee. Uh, It's the guarantee that God will never break His word, never break His promise to His people. And Those who affirm this promise, who trust in this promise, are to receive the sign of the promise or the sign of the covenant, which is baptism. So all of God's people ought to carry the sign of God's promise. Uh, And since the days of Abraham, uh, God established what the Bible calls an everlasting promise, meaning it's not just promise for Abraham, but for all, all those who would come after him. This everlasting promise and everlasting covenant that this salvation by grace can be received through faith by anyone. And and all the nations, therefore, will be blessed through Abraham and Abraham's offspring. Now, remember when God gave Abraham this covenant, this promise, he also commanded Abraham to apply the sign of the covenant, the sign of the promise, not only to Abraham himself, but to his infant children as well. And that was circumcision. Circumcision was the sign of God's promise in the Old Testament. And even when these infants, right, cannot make any profession of faith on their own, cannot choose to circumcise themselves, God commands Abraham uh, to circumcise them. Why? Because these children were given to believing parents and therefore charged by the parent, charged to the parents to raise them up in the faith and in the knowledge of God and his promise. The children of believers are to be marked as God's people set apart from the world, including their children. And in that way, all the benefits that come to God's people, God's covenant people, are transferred largely to their children as well. They are to be set apart from the world and raised in the knowledge of God and the promise of his salvation. And that is why time and time again, all throughout the Bible, the parents are charged to teach their children up in the knowledge of their God, their God. And that is to say, as we say with the New City Catechism, that 
even our children, they do not belong to themselves, but they belong to God. In the New Testament, we see this everlasting promise continuing. And Peter, the apostle, tells us that this very same promise of salvation given to Abraham, uh, this everlasting covenant, is still true for us and for our children today. It says in Acts chapter 2, For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. For those who repent and are baptized, they are to receive the promise uh, that God had given to Abraham for themselves. Now they become a part of Abraham's spiritual lineage. And it says the promise also goes for their children. Um, and this is because we are also uh, children of Abraham by our faith and called by God into the same everlasting covenant, not only to receive the promise for ourselves, but to raise our children up in the same promise. It says in Romans 9, For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. So we are as children of God's promise counted as true Israel. True Israel, even though we're not of flesh, uh, Israelites, we are of the Spirit, an Israelite counted as children of the promise, and the promise again is for us and for our children. Uh, so we see in Acts chapter 16, for example, um, that when Lydia, upon her conversion, was baptized, uh, so was her whole household as well. And so did the Philippian jailer, who upon coming to faith and being baptized, had his whole household baptized as well. And because these are the representatives or the heads of their household, uh, this was consistent with the practice of the Old Testament. And it's especially noteworthy that it says in Acts chapter uh, 16 that the Philippian jailer, uh, he, one person, the head of the household, believed in God, and yet his entire household rejoiced and were baptized. Again, this is consistent with the practice of circumcision, uh, that the people of God practiced in the Old Testament, where the sign of the covenant was not only applied to Abraham, but to his children as well. Now, there are a couple of common questions that people ask about baptism that we should address. Um, one is, why baptize children and infants when we don't know for sure uh, that our children who are baptized will grow up and uh, be saved, will remain uh, in the faith? And that's true. We do not know. Uh, that our children who are baptized will remain in the faith always and profess genuine faith on their own one day. But we don't know that for the adults either. Remember, that's not what baptism means. Baptism does not mean that our faith is somehow guaranteed. And so to take that understanding and apply it to the children is inconsistent even with what we apply to adults. What baptism does signify, once again, is the promise of God and our trust in the promise of God, and our, our desire, therefore, to pass this promise on to our children. One very helpful way to think about baptism, therefore, is that it is not primarily my statement of faith to God, but God's statement of His faithfulness to me. Baptism is God's statement primarily to me, and secondarily my response to Him. It is His grace gripping onto me first and drawing me to him. And just as we see in Jesus' own 
baptism. It is not Jesus who speaks to the Father. It is the Father who says of Jesus, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Baptism, it's God's statement of faithfulness to us. Here's another common question. Uh, if we are children of Abraham and we belong to his covenant, then why not perform circumcision like he did before? Why water baptism instead? Well, Paul explains this best for us in the book of Colossians, that the sign of this covenant has changed because what all the shedding of the blood had been foreshadowing in the old covenant has passed away and been fulfilled, brought to completion in Jesus Christ who shed his blood for us once and for all. So now we have a new sign of the new covenant uh, that points to the spiritual, true spiritual meaning behind physical circumcision. So it says here in Colossians 2, In him, that is Christ, also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Here it is very explicit that there's a very clear transition from receiving circumcision to now the circumcision of Christ, which is baptism. And Paul reiterates this point in 1 Corinthians 12, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and were all made to drink of one spirit.